kids, I'm Bill Allerton and it's time for another story from me on Urban Tiger Radio Children's Hour. I hope you like this story. I like it. It's one of my favourites, actually. It was written in around and about 2004 and when I was working with a school and the characters' names were drawn from the children who gave me the idea for the story. And it's a story of love loyalty, shame, pride and great bravery. So I hope you enjoy Raina and the Lion. Raina prodded Khaled's shoulder with her hand. Her slender fingers gripped into his dusty fur. Khaled, she whispered, wake up. You were snoring. Khaled opened one huge yellow-green eye and looked at her, then sniffed loudly and looked away. He grumbled low down in his stomach in a way that made Raina think of boulders rolling downhill. From where she lay, hidden within the bushes overlooking the beach at the edge of the desert, she turned and pressed her foot against him, so that she could feel the rumble. I wasn't asleep, grumbled Khaled. I was on duty. I never sleep on duty. And what were you guarding? asked Raina. Oh, this and that, said Khaled. He stretched out on the flat ledge of rock that the sun had spent all morning warming just for him. Raina tickled his tummy with her toes until he groaned. Oh, all right then. Maybe I did drop off for a minute. But I was thinking. What about? asked Raina. Khaled shuffled around quietly until he could peer over the edge of the rock without being seen. About you, he said. And them. Raina shuffled up alongside him to look. Down below, a boat was drawn up on the beach and the sand around it was littered with footprints. The men from the boat were walking backwards and forwards between the water's edge and the base of the rocks. In their hands they carried cages they had made from thin strips of cane, and as they returned to the boat, Raina could see that they had small creatures inside them, struggling hard to get out. I won't be caught, she said. You won't have to be, replied Khaled. One day you will go willingly. Never, said Raina. The lion turned his yellow-green eye on her once more. Look at you, he said. You are of their kind. No, I'm not, insisted Raina. And anyway, look at you. She laughed out loud then, then caught herself as Khaled shushed her. You look like a rug, she whispered. Khaled looked over his shoulder at his body. He did indeed look like a rug. With juice made from crushed berries, Raina had decorated his fur with strange shapes and spirals, circles and ovals filled with red and green. His dark golden mane was streaked with scarlet strands, but, strangest of all, 
Each paw was a different colour. When he jumped into the river to wash it off, the dye from the berries had soaked into his skin, so that now he would always look the same. Khaled humphed, and the sound rose like a rock slide in his throat. And what about your hands? Raina held her hands up to her face. They were all the colours of the rainbow from mixing the juice, but they had a delicious scent of the fruits and bushes along the edge of the desert where they lived. They're wonderful, she said. They always remind me of you. Look, said Khaled, they are leaving. Below them on the beach, the men were piling the cages into the boat. They piled them so high it seemed there wouldn't be room for themselves. Together, they pushed the boat out into the waves. Rainer and Khaled watched them for a moment as they scrambled to get on board, then turned and walked back towards the desert side of the rocks and the cave in which they slept and hid from the midday sun. As the waves grew stronger and the water grew deeper, the men struggled with each other to climb into the boat until one of them hoisted a small sail and it streamed quickly away on the following wind. The next day, Raina climbed down the rocks to the beach, carrying her small net to catch fish for them both to eat. She laid the net on the sand and ran into the water for her morning swim. When she walked back out of the water to fetch her net, she found herself walking alongside another set of fresh footprints. Curious, she followed them across the beach to where they turned around a corner of rock. The footprints led into a small cave. Alongside them was another set leading away. Rainer stepped forwards cautiously and looked in. The cave was empty. She turned around and there, blocking her way out, was a boy. Khaled woke slowly, the way all cats do, one eye at a time. When the first eye woke, it was just enough to see that it was still daylight outside. When the other one woke, he could see that Raina was missing. He stretched and shook the dust from his mane that stepped out of the cave. The sunlight lit up the glorious colours that Raina had painted on him as he stood on the highest rock and sniffed the air. On the breeze that blew in from the sea, he could scent the salt, and there... Just below it, the scent of Raina's hands. He set out to find her. Don't be frightened, said the boy. He held out his arms so that Raina could not run past him and get away. Raina shuffled her feet in the sand, eyes darting around, looking for a way past him. I'm not frightened, she said, although her voice was shaking inside. I'm too big for one of your cages. Suddenly the boy laughed out loud. His teeth shone white against the dark of his face as he said, I would never put you in a cage. You are too beautiful. What does that mean? asked Raina, as she watched Khaled climb across the rocks at the mouth of the cave and come to sit silently behind the boy. If you come home with me, said the boy with a broad smile, I will take the rest of my life to tell you. Raina returned his smile and said, Now, don't be frightened. 
but if you do or say the wrong thing, your life may not be long enough for that. I'm not frightened of you, said the boy. You are beautiful, but very small, and I... I am very strong, he lifted his arm and flexed his muscles to show her. Khaled humphed noisily behind him. The man spun around and let out a yell. When he saw the lion, he grabbed Raina and pushed her to the back of the cave and stood in front of her. Be gone, lion, he shouted. I am Jama, Jama, the tamer of all lions. He took a stick from his belt and shook it at Khaled. You shall not eat her, not while I live. Khaled calmly licked the sand from a front paw and stood and rumbled deep inside like an underground river. The man waved the stick again and took a half-step forward. From her place behind him, Rainer could smell his fear, but also something else. She could sense somehow just how brave he was too, and that he was prepared to risk his life to save hers. She leaned around the boy and secretly winked at Khaled. Khaled winked back. To Jama, she whispered, lift your stick high and say, sit. Jama looked unsure. Do it, said Raina. Jama lifted his stick up to the cave ceiling. Sit, he said. Khaled groaned like an old barn door. And slowly sat down. Raina giggled. Now say, roll over. Khaled looked at her and rolled his eyes in dismay. I, Jama, say, roll over, said Jama, waving his stick. Oh dear, groaned Khaled under his breath as he rolled onto the sandy floor. How very undignified. Jama stared in amazement at the huge cat lying in front of his feet, and the way it seemed to do everything he said. I, Jama, he said, greatest of all lion tamers, say, leave this place. Khaled looked up at Raina with a question in his eyes. She nodded at him to leave. He got up from the floor and shook the sand from his pelt. With a last look at Rainer and a shake of his great proud head, he left the cave. As he walked out onto the beach, a huge net dropped over him. Four men jumped down from the rocks and pulled on a rope attached to each end. As Khaled roared and fought the net, he became more and more entangled in it. No! shouted Rainer from inside the cave. She tried to rush out to help Khaled, but Jama held her back. You tricked him, she cried. I didn't know they were there, said Jama. They left me here yesterday because there wasn't enough room in the boat. I swam back to shore when they set the sail. They must have come back to find me. Out in the sunlight, the men were shouting for Jama to come out and look at the lion they had captured. Look at him! Have you ever seen such a beast? In the light of day, Jama could now see all the colours that Raina had painted on Khaled. He glowed with pride, and I, Jama, have tamed him. 
Please let him go, pleaded Rainer. I cannot do that, said Jammer. This beast will bring our fortune. Don't hurt him, Rainer said, as the men pulled on the ropes and dragged the helpless Khaled across the sand to the boat. He's too valuable, said Jammer. We will be very careful. Inside the net, Khaled turned his head slowly towards Rainer. She put her finger to her lips and shushed him. Khaled allowed himself to be loaded onto the boat without protest. When the sail was set, the boat scudded out to sea, skipping the crests and gullies of the waves. In the back of the boat sat Jamal. Beside him was Raina, who wanted nothing more than to go and hug Khaled and tell him that she would find a way for them both to escape, but she knew she would have to wait patiently for the right time to come. How did you get to the island? asked Jamal. I've always been there, replied Rainer. I don't remember anywhere else. Where is your family? said Jamal. Rainer looked wistfully at Khaled, enmeshed in the net at their feet, and knew that he was the only real family she had ever had. There was a tale of a shipwreck, said Jamal, but no one knew if it was true. I think... Perhaps now, if it was. As the boat sailed out to sea, Rainer saw a dark speck on the horizon. It grew slowly larger until she could see that it was a ship. She had often seen ships like this passing the island at a small distance. It had huge crates and cages lashed to the deck and small cranes that swung out over the side to lift parcels and containers from the smaller boats that bobbed alongside it on the swell. They sailed right up to it and tied their boat to a rope thrown down from the deck above their heads. One of the cranes swung out from the side and lowered a hook. The men lifted the net with Khaled onto it and the crane began to lift. The net swayed for a moment above the boat then Jama jumped up onto it. He reached down for Raina's hand. Here, he said, smiling down at her. Jump on! Let us go and find our fortune. Not wanting Khaled to leave without her, Raina jumped onto the net and clung tightly to Jama. The crane lifted them above the rolling ocean until they were higher than the highest rocks on the island. It swung around and lowered them gently to the deck. The sailors gathered around to look at Khaled and his many-coloured fur and declared that he was the strangest sight had ever seen. They dragged him over to a large cage lashed to the deck and pushed him into it. They reached through the bars and pulled the ropes out of the net. Khaled shook himself free and roared at them loudly. But it was too late. They had already locked the cage door. And the key was now in the captain's pocket. Rainer asked him to be quiet and give her time to think. The ship rode silently at anchor, waiting for other boats to come alongside and fill up the holes and deck before it could leave. Rainer looked at the huge chain that ran from the deck to the seabed and wondered if they could climb down it. She certainly could, but Khaled's paws would slip on the wet metal. She would have to think of some other way. 
While she was thinking, the sun went down quickly, and the ocean became dark except for the lights on each side of the ship, one red, one green. As darkness fell, the monkeys in the cage next to Khaled began to chatter amongst themselves. Jama had fallen asleep, curled inside a huge coil of rope. Raina looked around. Apart from herself and Jama, everyone else had gone below for the night. She leaned on Khaled's cage. What are the monkeys saying? she asked. Khaled cleared his throat to speak and Jama stared, then fell back to sleep again. The captain's parrot has told them they are going to a zoo, whatever that is. Monkeys get excited about anything. It also said that I was going to be sold to a circus, a place where people pay to see me do tricks. I shall be so ashamed. No, you won't, said Raina. I won't let them take you. But how can I get out of this cage? asked Khaled. Ask the monkeys, said Raina. Khaled growled softly in his least threatening manner. Jama stirred again in his sleep but didn't wake up. The monkeys chattered back instructions across the deck. You are to go to the back of the ship, said Khaled, and find the porcupine's cage. He will give you a quill. Bring it back here. Raina made her way along the deck until she heard the rustle of porcupine quills rattling in the darkness. With his small paws, the porcupine pushed a hard, sharp quill out of the bars. Raina took it and thanked him, then made her way back to Khaled. The monkeys say to put the end of the quill in the lock, he said, and twist it around until you feel something hard inside. Then push. Raina did as she was told until eventually, with a loud click, the lock dropped open into her hand. She slid back the bar and silently opened the cage door. Khaled stepped out onto the deck and stretched. The moonlight silvered the colours on his hide and Raina had never seen him look so relieved. They looked over the side of the ship and saw that all the small boats had gone. How shall we get back? asked Raina. Do you remember which direction the island is in? said Khaled. Uh, that way, I think, said Raina, pointing to a place on the horizon from where the moon had just risen. Then we swim, said Khaled. I thought cats didn't like water, said Raina. We like cages even less, said Khaled, as they climbed onto the rail of the ship. When I say jump, jump. They fell through the air, for what Rainer felt was an age, until they hit the water with a loud splash. Down and down they went, until Rainer couldn't tell which way was up. Khaled grabbed her clothes in his teeth and pulled her to the surface. Climb onto my back, he said, and paddle hard with your feet. With Khaled swimming as hard as he knew how, they set off slowly towards the island. Daylight 
was already creeping back into the edges of the sky when they heard the sound of waves breaking on the sun. and knew at once that they were almost home. Exhausted and dripping, they dragged themselves up the beach and rested in the warmth from the morning sun. They closed their eyes and slept. When Raina awoke, Jama was standing looking down at her. She looked around suddenly to find Khaled. He was gone. A very small boat rested at the edge of the sand. It seemed that Jama had come alone. Raina sat up quickly. "'What have you done with Khaled?' she asked. "'Who is Khaled?' asked Jama. "'My friend,' replied Raina. "'The lion.' "'I haven't seen him,' said Jama. "'When I found you, there was a very ordinary-looking lion "'wandering around the rocks over there. "'I shouted at him, and he went away. "'I stayed here to protect you until you woke up. "'You must have been very tired.' You slept for hours. He must be here somewhere, said Raina, in despair. Just then, she heard a lion's roar from the top of the rocks. She recognised it instantly. She turned quickly to see. There, you see, said Jama, pointing towards the lion. It's just any old lion, not worth anything at all. On top of the rocks a very ordinary-looking lion. His pelt was pure sand-coloured all over, and if you could have seen him closely, you might have noticed that his mane was straggly and covered in salt crystals from the sea. Raina looked down at her hands. Where before they'd shone in the sunlight with all the colours of the rainbow, they were now just brown, and apart from being very elegant and delicate, really very ordinary looking. She looked again at the lion on the rocks and winked at him once. The lion closed one huge yellow-green eye slowly and then opened it again. You are right, she said to Jama. He looks to be a very ordinary lion. My friend Khaled must have been washed away by the salt sea. Then come away with me, said Jama, for there is nothing left for you here. Raina looked over to the rocks to see the lion, but he'd gone. In the distance she heard a faint roar of farewell. She looked down at her fresh, clean hands, then up at Jama, who stood grinning in the bright sunlight. All right, she laughed. I'll race you to the boat and set off across the beach as fast as her feet could take her. Mm-hmm.